Okay, welcome back to Inside the Podcast. It's the catchiest name in all podcasting, and probably only listened to by a dozen or so women's across fans across the world. <laughs> but today we have a special guest, and uh, everyone will want to hear from Jenny Kinsey. Jenny Kinsey is a attack midfielder on the JU women's lacrosse team. She's from Howard County, Maryland, uh, played at uh, Howard uh, High School, and was a finalist for Athlete of the Year in the Baltimore metro area, played on Heroes Lacrosse Club team, a team that won many championships, and uh, Coach Pagnotta will tell you about each one separately if you get a chance to talk with him. Uh, but uh, one of the the top players uh, this year statistically on the team. Uh, Jenny is currently, uh, has 29 goals, 12 assists, 41 points, uh, and uh, her career is closing in on 100 points as a sophomore. She currently has 82, uh, but she's matched her season total from her freshman year, 41 points last year, 41 points this year with some room to go, uh, and uh, she's been uh, doing a great job out there. Also, uh, statistically speaking, Jenny has go- went from 22 turnovers last year to 14 this year while doubling her cause turnover count from 6 to 13 and picking up uh, 15 more ground balls than she did her freshman year. So absolutely uh, step up for Jenny this year, and we're glad that she's on the podcast today. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So Jenny, uh, tell me what uh, what you've been focused on over the last eight games. You've been uh, really picked up your shooting. Uh, you've had uh, tons of cause turnovers. Uh, in fact, uh, you're leading our team in the last several games with uh, nine cause turnovers since uh, uh, the uh, uh, 29th of March. So here you are. We're in. We're closing out April, and in that in that month's time, you've had had a lot of cause turnovers. So what's been the ticket for your success in uh, the last quarter of the, or third of the season? Um, I think in the last like quarter of the season, I've really just been focusing on like going out in the games and having fun in them. Like I think in the beginning of the season, I was more focused on like make, making sure I did well in each play of the game. Like now I'm just kind of thinking more like bigger picture of like, I want to go out there and have fun and like whatever happens happens, which is why I think I've been like doing better in the second half of the season because I haven't been focusing on like oh I need to do this this and this instead I'm just like going out there and having fun which is really when I play the best. So the team's offense has been on fire you know averaging about 20 goals a game uh, in the last month since the Temple game where you only scored seven. What happened at that Temple game how did you guys only score seven goals Uh, you know Temple's defense isn't ranked in the top 50 what was going on in that game, uh, and what caused uh, adjustments for you and your teammates to average 20 goals a game uh, over the last uh, eight eight games of the season? Um, I think like what I previously just said about going out and having fun is like also true for our whole offense because I think the beginning half of the season and like leading up to the Temple game, we were like playing every play to score, playing every play to assist, like get an assist, get a point, which is like kind of an individual way to play. And I think after that game, we all just kind of like came together and said, we're like all, we're a talented team. Like we should be scoring the way we are now and just like getting our chemistry down and just taking our time to on offense, like not looking for the first look. Now we're like really working the ball, like speed feeding around. And so I think that's why our offense is really working well right now. 
So uh, if you remember, we had a team meeting, I don't know, before the Furman game where, um, where we talked about how while the defense is playing really well this year, the defense can't be critical of the offense. Mm-hmm. Because the last time I checked, uh, the offense has won five NCAA scoring titles here, and the defense has never won a scoring defense title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, offense takes more time to develop, so you just kind of got to let them go and, and do that. Do you think that that conversation of, hey, don't point any fingers around here, like just take control of your unit and do the best that you can, do you think that was helpful? I do, because I'd say the games that we were winning in the beginning half of the season was like defense was saving offense and offense was saving defense whereas now I feel like we're playing a whole team game like offense is playing well and defense is playing well so like even and then in individual plays when like offense turns the ball over defense is there to like have our backs and get it back or when they make a bad play then we're taking care of the ball on offense so I think now we're playing like for each other rather than like well offense is doing bad so we have to do good type of thing so so the article came out in The Athletic, and I know your dad's a big sports nut mm-hmm. and coaches basketball as well. Um, did you read the article? Did you look at it? Yep. What do you think about that article in terms of exposure for you and your teammates and kind of what, what, what you're charting your new course for and kind of the history of where you are? I think the article was really cool because I would say most of the programs in the country, like, girls go there and they play lacrosse and they don't really know anything about like where the program came from, like what its legacy is. Like they just go there to play. So I think that's something that's really special about Jacksonville is like, if you asked any girl on this team, like where does our system come from? Like what's our history? What's our legacy? What motivates us? Everyone would have the same answer. And I just think that's a really special thing knowing where, like why we do what we do and where it comes from. And you got a chance to visit uh, Loyola Marymount, and um, uh, you've got a chance to meet Bo Kimball and kind of talk about it. Um, what's your opinion of it? I mean, you, you've played a lot of sports in your life. Obviously, if you were a finalist for Athlete of the Year in the Baltimore area, then you played more than just lacrosse. So mm-hmm. what do you think of the system? What's it like playing it? I think it's really a special thing, and, like, you need a special group of people to do it. Like, everyone needs to be bought into it. It can't just be, like, half the team – is for and half the team doesn't want to do it because lacrosse is a sport that typically most teams like get the ball come down settle it play like a slow game and then have one play sped up whereas like our team is like constantly sped up which I think is a really different but like special style of play and I think like meeting Bo and going to Loyola Marymount really like hit home to us because it was just like showing us why it's so like such a special thing and like why you need also like a special group of people to do it. So I thought that was really cool. So you're right. Like touching on your thought about everyone's got to be bought in. Mm -hmm. When the system was first run by Paul Westhead, who was this basketball coach who had been in Philly for a long time and coached some college teams, uh, lower level stuff. And then he was an assistant with the Lakers and got his chance when the head coach was injured in a motorcycle accident. And he, he goes on to coach that team to an NBA championship. But one of the star players Magic Johnson, who was the MVP of the finals when they won it, um, didn't want to run. Mm-hmm. He thought it was too much. It was too hard on his body. The NBA season was, you know, running that much was too hard. They play games every night. They're playing against great teams. And it was almost like Showtime, which is Magic's nickname. Uh, Showtime didn't want run time. Mm-hmm. He wanted, 
you know, time to show what he could do in, in, in the subtle game. So, so Westhead got run out of town. So by because one of his star players didn't want to run mm-hmm. the way that he did. Um, but Jerry Buss, the owner at the time, was funny. He made a comment that he didn't think the team was exciting enough. And I think Paul Westhead in the video that we see on 30 for 30 says, you can re- fire me for a lot of different reasons, but for being boring isn't one mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. So tell me about like your experience here from freshman to sophomore year, like uh, growing up in the system a little bit and, mm-hmm. and your role here. Um, I think last year as a freshman, I was like still adjusting to everything about playing like college lacrosse. So I think like as you you can tell from like some of my stats going from this year or last year to this year, like I'm definitely more comfortable in the system. And I think the biggest thing I learned as a freshman with the system is that especially when there's 12 players on the field, if you're the one that's not bought into it and you're kind of jogging around, it's very noticeable. And your team will call you out for it, which is not what you want. So I think that's what I learned. And so this year, like, just, like, conditioning-wise and staying, like, run and gun the whole game has, like, really elevated my play. And that's why you see, like, those increased stats, I think. So that's one thing I've learned going from last year to this year. So you feel as though you've you've grown to understand the level of conditioning that you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. Would that be? That and just, like, when... The, like t- when how to use your energy throughout the game like when you need to be like full full speed running down the field and when like when there is a time to like catch your breath like when I'm an attacker and I'm the ball's on the de- defensive end like I really focus on like getting my breath back and like getting ready for when the ball comes back my way type mm-hmm. thing so learning like how to work smarter too and you have uh, a partner who kind of substitutes with you mm-hmm. uh, Emma Wisdom who uh, works uh, similar position, slightly different style of player, but uh, but still more similarities than differences. And and she plays very well. Tell us about Emma. Um, Emma's actually like one of my closest friends on the team, which I think is like really cool about our team. Like you know, we, we we're competitive with each other, obviously, because we play the same position. But that's what's special, because like off the field, we're still like best friends. We don't let it come in between us and like get really petty about it. So, and I think it's cool because, like, I'll ask her questions of, she'll watch me and I'll ask her, like, what can I do better? And then she'll ask me the same about her, which I think is also another cool thing about our team. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting, you know, you guys playing the same position, but to look at her statistics as well and her, like, we talked about how you've thrived in the last third of the season Mm -hmm. and how you've been shooting very well and scoring well and causing turnovers and all that. The same can be said for Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at her statistics uh, in the last third of the season only, she's got scored uh, 10 of her goals. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the season, uh, uh, she wasn't getting, I guess, as much playing time or maybe she wasn't in the rotation or comfortable in her role. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you look at, uh, let's just look at the last, since um, the Coastal Carolina game, uh, she scored uh, four goals uh, and done so on seven shots. So she's shooting over 50%. Uh, and so are you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your position, while you've scored very well, um, obviously, you know, having a, a, a substitute that platoons or works the same position as you, the, between the two of you, you've combined for 40 goals and 12 assists. Mm-hmm. So if you just had one player out there the whole time, 
there's no way you could get that production because you'd be dead tired for part of that time. Yep. Um, but between the two of you guys playing the same position, 40 goals, 12 assists, if it was one player, that's that's a player of the year style mm -hmm. of production. Mm -hmm. So uh, you mentioned that you're friends. Um, do you ever talk about that? Do you ever talk about, you know, man, together we're tearing it up here? Or do you focus more on, hey, let's go camping? <laughs> like, I think we like know that like how we work together or like not together because we're not on the field together but like the combined stats that we provide for the team. I think it's cool and like I think we both know we count on each other to like when we're in we're like just as good as the other person is like works we have the same expectation and we're supposed to be in there to get our job done which I think is like just something we both like know it's like an unspoken relationship I guess. And, you know, off the field, we we just do, like, a lot of things together, I guess. Not always talk about lacrosse, which I think is what helps also build our, like, relationship on the field. Sure. Um, you know, also, it's interesting. When, when you look at this team, so if we were to take we, – we have um, three players who arguably play two positions, and so they rotate. So basically two of the three of them are, are always on the field, and that's – uh, Haley Sicklin, Alexis Deacon, and Lauren Phillips. And uh, between the three of them, uh, they've scored 107 points. So 107 points divided by two positions, because they're playing two positions, uh, is, is about 54 points. Mm -hmm. So your, your position between you and Emma has 52 points. Mm -hmm. Those two positions are averaging 54 points. So... It's really a very balanced team. Mm -hmm. Like anybody at any time can go score a goal. Yep, I agree with that. And like that's why we don't really necessarily have like our first line. Like we always like say we count on everyone on this team to like when they're in the game to bring the same expectation as the people who start the game, which is why I think you see those type of numbers. Yeah, definitely true. Um, tell us about off the field. Like what do you like to do around here? Like what's your thing? Like do you have some go-tos? Yeah, well, we obviously like to go to the beach a lot. It's, like, one of the main reasons why we came to the school. And so that's really fun. Like, whenever we have off days, we just go and, like, relax on the beach, go, like, in the ocean, get our muscles nice and fixed up after they've been beaten up. But we also go, like, me and Emma a lot, if we have homework, we like to go to a place called Southern Grounds, which is, like, out near the beach. It's, like, a coffee shop, and it's like, has nice outdoor seating, like, music, and we just sit there and, like, we'll do our homework together. And I don't know, we just, it can be like anytime anyone will text you, hey, you want to hang out? Go do something. So it's fun. Nice. So um, do you have a favorite spot at the beach that you like to go to? Is there a particular beach or have you, what beaches have you been to? Um, a bunch of well, I usually like to go out near where like Southern Grounds is. We like to go on the beach, like that's closest to that area. Because mm -hmm. so, like there's that like cute little like, there's a bunch of restaurants, like a nice little walking area down there, and I just like love that area. So we like to go to like Flying Iguana a lot to eat that taco place. Oh, there you never again. invite me. Oh, sorry, Seeps. We'll go. We'll go sometime. Yeah, seriously, like that's like my favorite spot is Flying Iguana. I love. I don't that like place. having to wait to get a seat though. Really. I know that's why if you go like during the day, you just walk right in. It's the best. My yeah. dad actually got me a gift card there for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. He knows how much I love it. There he is the best. <laughs> there he is the best. Um, so tell me about 
Larry. Larry, your dad, was mm -hmm. probably your basketball coach growing up. Yep. So tell us about that. What's it like to be coached by your dad? Um, when we, well, I was, he coached me when I was playing, like, travel basketball, which is, like, I think kind of funny because I'm not a college basketball player, but I think being coached by him really did prepare me for, like, going into higher level, like, playing my sport because he wasn't going to take it easy on me because I was his kid. Like, I actually probably got the hardest out of all the players, which I think helped me, like, coming into college, like, grow some thick skin and, you know, be able to take take what is told to me. So how was he, how was he hard on you? Uh, just like he would always, like I had a higher expectation. Like I was expected to know the plays by heart, like not be the one that doesn't know. I was expected to like be the example for the team. Like if he had to like motivate the team, I was the person he could use, you know, type thing. And, um, that's why I think is also cool. Like my dad, coming he comes and watches all the games and he doesn't like observe them necessarily as like my dad he like so he won't like he will be honest with me and he's not going to be like the parent who's like well you should be playing this much and you should be doing this much like he really has like such a coach's perspective and which I think is really helpful because it helps me just go out to in the game and like have no pressure like I know he's gonna love me if I do amazing or not good so Pretty good. Larry, you know, he's he's a coach at heart. Mm -hmm. So, like, after games, like, if there's a game that he particularly likes, a timeout that we call him, mm -hmm. he'll come over and he'll say, Coach, good game, good, well played. And he'll yeah. say, you know, that timeout was really a good call. Mm -hmm. And it's always funny that, you know, somebody actually is paying attention. Mm -hmm. You know, someone was like, yeah. thought it was a good call. Yeah. Like, when as a coach does anyone ever come to you and say, that was a good call or that was a good game plan or that was – no, no, fans and parents never acknowledge that mm -hmm. stuff. Like to, you know, but because he's a coach, it's kind of special to to mm -hmm. hear that. And I'm sure if we don't do well, he probably thinks in the back of his mind, "Oh, I wasn't the best," because <laughs> he's a coach, right? Yeah. We're always, you know, it's like armchair quarterback. There's mm -hmm. armchair coach too, and here it's Adirondack chair. Yeah, and so. he like because you guys do the coaches' corners. I like he loves that stuff, and sometimes I'll hear him in the game like three seconds or like shouting something I'm like oh my gosh what's he saying but then I'm like wait <laughs> he was probably informed of this in some type of coaches meeting so but I think it's fun and that's another thing too like he's he was a high school coach too for a long time wow so and he coached at his uh, high school in my county from home so he like knows the dynamic of like parents coaches like he's been on the other side so I think that kind of helps him too, like respect the dynamic you know what I mean sure yeah well, yeah, I think it means a lot um, when you've when you've been a coach before, you kind of know some of the struggles that coaches have to deal with mm -hmm. uh, on a daily basis. Of course, here, you know, we have different kinds of struggles. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, tell me a little bit more about um, the area. Like, tell me about you know learning about Southern Grounds and learning about the beach. Is that? Well, tell me about junior year. Is junior year going to be? At the beach, is it going to be on campus? Like, what, what, what's your plans? Well, I'm actually planning to live at the beach in Jack's Beach next year because okay. my parents love this area, so they kind of want to retire down here one day. So they're like, my dad actually bought a house to that they're building, and I'm going to like live there with Casey Sullivan, Alexis Deacon, and Mia Supley next year. So that'll be like a fun group, and we'll be at Jack's Beach 11th. Street well, you don't have to give us the exact address <laughs> in case somebody's trying yeah. to stop you. But, but so that'll be fun. I think 
like we're both all we're all excited to like have like our own house and kind of be like more grown up and like have a kitchen and be able to make dinners and stuff like that and I think it'll and like having our own room I mean I love my roommate now Megan but I think having my own room will be very nice next year so, so. Megan's not gonna be in the new house no so this but, will be your first year because she's yeah. been your teammate and your roommate forever I know but I think like, we both kind of said to each other, oh, you can live with me if you want. And But we kind of, like, that's the thing about our team. Like, everyone is such good friends. So, like, the way the rooming situation happened was just kind of, like, it fell where it was. Not like, oh, I have to be with this person. I have to be with this person. So, no hard feelings. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me come up with one final question. So, um, tell, tell us about, tell, tell, talk about... Talk about what it means to you um, to have such good relationships with your teammates. Um, has it always been that way? Like, you know, tell us about how culture impacts you. Um, I think, like, the culture of this team, like, the, since the beginning, that's another thing, like, we know the legacy of this program. Like, we know ever since it was first the first year it was here like the culture was like we're like not only teammates but we're a family so I think that is like such a special thing because not a lot of programs have that I don't think and that just like builds our chemistry on the field so much stronger and I think like whenever you're having a down day or like you're not in the best mood like you have all your friends on the team to like pick you up and like we obviously go through our times where like we're like tense or stressed and I think just having everyone there to like pick you up is really special. Awesome. Jenny Kinsey, she's uh, currently tearing up the, the field right now. She is third in points on the team, uh, scoring 41 points, which matched her freshman year production with some games to, to spare here. Uh, 29 goals, 12 assists, uh, 13 caused turnovers, and 28 ground balls. Certainly a uh, consideration for an all-conference uh, mention here. Um, so we'll wait and see. That'll come out at some point next week, but certainly having a, a solid year and uh, we're glad you could join us on Inside the Podcast today. Well, that's a wrap on Inside the Podcast, looking at episode one. We're really glad that you were able to check us out here and make sure to subscribe to our Inside the Podcast wherever you can. It's available on many outlets, um, mostly right now on SoundCloud as we get started, but you'll also be able to see it on Lacrosse All-Stars Network, laxallstars.com, and other uh, available outlets. Please follow Inside the Pod on our YouTube channel, Inside the Pod, and you can track us with the hashtag Inside the Pod, all one word on any social media platform, uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram, uh, as well as Twitter. But we look forward to continuing our work in the season, and we're excited to continue to support the growth of the women's game as we grow, and uh, we're hoping for more coverage uh, on television this year uh, and as the game continues to evolve. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, until next time, uh, have the happiest of Lax Life. Bye-bye.